Walker Mike Pensana, Johnny the wonderful talented Johnny Pensano. Johnny Pisano, yes. We're glad to have you on, Johnny. You got some pedigree. I mean, oh some of the people you worked with, it's amazing. Okay. Most recently, uh, most Way recently better. you worked with Willie Nile. Okay. Yeah, you know, yeah. And, yeah. I mean, going, going back, I'm just going to read some of this off. I mean, you've played with David Johansson. You've played with Glenn Matlock. You've played with Joan Jett. You've played with little Steven Van Zandt and Mr. Bruce Springsteen. And each one of those has a story. Yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> so, it's, so it's not like I was in uh, Deborah Harry's band or anything. She, uh, we, we had a band. We put together a band and she sang with us. And then okay. another time was she came up and sang with Willie Nile band. We did one of her songs at this benefit. Yeah. So it, it, some of that sounds I don't want, I never want it to sound like uh, something it isn't like, yeah, I, we, uh, for instance, um, Jesse Mallet, he owns mm-hmm. a bunch of establishments sure, in New York. We know. He, he's not yep. just a great singer songwriter. Yeah. He also owns um, <clears throat> like five different, really like the coolest places in New York. Sure. You want to go, you want somewhere to go on a Monday night, you go to one of Jesse's joints and at least you'll be in company that you're familiar with and that you're, if you're, you're, a, rock, you're, like, if you're a rock cool. and roll cat, that's yeah. definitely mm-hmm. the case. Yeah. Absolute cool music, like cool mm-hmm. people. You want to, you know, if you go to those same establishments on a Friday and Saturday, you're going to get your bridge and tunnel yuppie types from Connecticut. But you know what? That's what keeps the place going. Well, That's what got to make money. Finance. Yeah, got to exactly. make money. But uh, so he has one of the clubs is called Bowery Electric. And he mm-hmm. does this thing mm-hmm. where it's called Sally Can't Dance. It's the yep. theme. I've been to a couple of them. Oh, you have? So yes, a, a bunch of them. I was in the house band. And one night we did the New York Dolls as the theme. And so we get, we have to back up David Johansson for five or six doll songs and then a bunch of guest singers. Yeah. So I got to play with David Johansson. And you know what? I did the same thing with Captain Sensible of the Damned. Damn, with, amazing. Uh, wow. Yeah, with like uh, Leonard from the Dickies. Amazing. Was like, yeah, I got to do it a bunch of times with some cool people. And through that, because of Captain Sensible, when, when we did a rehearsal, Fred Armisen from Saturday Night Live showed up with Captain Sensible. <laughs> and now I'm like, so now I, I've, I've worked on Saturday Night Live as an extra because that's my other, what I'm not, when I'm not playing music, I'm an extra in movies yeah, and TV you shows. You do a little acting, which we'll, we'll get into after, yeah. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know if you want to call it acting. I mean, it's, I'm well, a, and as an extra, you just kind of just, I'm just there to make money. Yeah. So, um, uh, so, but I also, because I knew the, the assistant director to Saturday Night Lives, I was able to like, I want to tell him I know this chick, you know, and he mm-hmm. goes, oh, my God. So he's texting with her and he's going, you know, this guy, he's a really great bass player. And she's going, yeah, it's a friend of mine, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, this is great. And I had the balls. I had to say to him, hey, Fred, you know, if you ever need me for anything like you know, the bass player on in the HG band and the Seth Meyers uh, Tonight Show band, if he ever gets sick or whatever, need a sub, I mm-hmm. would love to do it. Well, a year and a half later goes by. I don't know how or why he remembered me, but he calls me and he says, I, I'm going on tour doing stand-up and I want you to be my bass player. I'm going to do stand-up and I'm going to do, you know, he does that dude, that thing, it's like Ian Rubbish, he calls it. 
and he puts on a Billy Idol wig. Yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he <laughs> sings like, that, yeah. yeah, he calls them fake bands, but it's a real, it's, we're really playing. You're, re- you're real really songs. playing, yeah. 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 So he did that and another band where he puts a, on a black wig, whatever. So we did like five shows. I got to play Town Hall in New York and Hartford and D.C. with him. And then again, during that, I mentioned it a little again. And within two months, I actually got to sub on the Seth Meyers show. I did that one night. That's so cool. like, you never know what happens and who you meet and how it could happen. And uh, it, that just those well, ducks just you know, lined up so in a much row. Of, so much of, uh, uh, you know, we'll call it show business. You know, it's an old fashioned term, but I mean, it's really it's really networking. It's really just like you bounce from person to person. Who yeah. you know, you make connections, you put that in your phone, and then you, you know you see what happens. And, and you just and never you, know, right? You never know who you're going to run into. It and, just happened uh, today, you amazing. know. This, this guy Jeff Slate that I play with, I don't know if he, that name sounds familiar to you. Does a little uh, bit he, actually. I'm trying to. Yeah, he that. he writes the liner notes for like Dylan Records, and he's done okay. a lot for John Lennon, Yoko, and mm-hmm. he uh, he has his own band with his own songs, and he um, he needed a keyboard player, and I. Literally, like, like you ju- what you just said, I pull out my phone, contacts, I put in the keyboard, and I got like 20 keyboards. 20 people to- show up. Yeah. And I'm like, let me see, this guy is the right guy. And I said, call this guy. And he goes, oh, shit, I know that guy. He didn't think of him. I did. And now that's how I, now this keyboard player got a gig. Yeah. yeah. That's you know, almost that's, like that's, me uh, with a bartender. I'm a bartender. And somebody needs a bartender. I got a 20, 30 bartenders. I just... Give him a number. Oh, yeah. yeah. You got oh, that yeah. magic, you work, the black book. You're the guy who works uh, in the Lower East Side, right? Yeah, international. Yeah, yeah. Wasn't that, what was the name of that? Okay, what was the name of that uh, bar venue that was on Houston? Wasn't that the international? What was that? No, called? no, no the international was. talking about Continental. Con- no, no. Con- that's continent- not you, you're talking about like Mercury Lounge? Or uh, are no. you talking about, well, years back on Houston? Well, the one that's there now, like Parkside Lounge, is that what you're thinking right. of? No, I'm thinking of this one that was on Houston. The Spiral? Of... Shit, no, there you're going back. That's a yeah. good one. Yeah, I'm going I back. thought it was called the International, and they, they never had bands, but they moved like some tables out of the way, and some bands would play against the wall once in a while. Upstairs, like... and it had a, a downstairs, too. Uh, well, there's one and on the Delan- there's the Delancey. Yeah, that's Delancey Street. That has it upstairs right. and a downstairs. I yeah. think. Yeah, no, that's not what I, I thought I was uh, thinking. So on Houston, I can't think of anything. Not on the east side. Yeah. Mercury Lounge is probably the most famous on Houston. Sure. Yeah, I played there a bunch. No, the the, the, the I thought it was the International that I've yeah. actually played there with a band called the Niagara's. With, mm. uh, but I guess I'm I'm mistaken. Nah, international. Oh. We we've been on the same location, 16 First Avenue, for years. So right, yeah. we've right, been around right. for like 70 years. We just moved location, yes. but we've never been on House Street. We were at St. Mark's one time when um, if you ever seen um the Rolling Stone, they saw uh, Keith Richard walking Wait, waiting by on a friend video. Remember that video? Hey, yeah, on a hell friend? yeah. There's remember when you see Richards walking, staggering down the street by himself. Uh-huh. He, he he passes right in front of the old international on St. Mark's. Oh, that's so and you cool. Can see, yeah, you can see it right there on the window. And then it moved to uh, First what? Avenue, about Seventh Street. Yeah, and right. then it was a small, very small location there. And then, and then just a few years ago, it moved to uh, First between Sixth and Seventh. 
It's right next okay. to McDonald's right I, there. I can't remember. So it's the always bar been in that, that area right there. The bar I'm thinking of, I can't remember the name. I just forgot and I'm okay. mistaken. That's okay. That, there's, yeah, there's, yeah. there's a million places. Yeah, but, that's um, great. Yeah, yeah. We're always, you know, based out of there. So it's, you know, awesome. it's cool. But, but um, yeah, so like, so like I was saying, like, you, you know, when mm-hmm. you see, I don't want to try to, you know, I'm not trying to bullshit anybody. When you see I played with so-and-so, there's a story behind it. And, and it doesn't mean like, I, you know, I played with them exclusively, but like I do Willie Nile, it might have been I shared a stage with, with them once or twice. It's, but well, it, you know what, however you put rights, it. You know? yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was just, just going to use that yeah. word. Yeah, yeah, it is bragging rights. And, and, you know, it's a nice little notch on your resume. And, you know, all these people that you played with, many of them, really, almost all of them, are really in that kind of like same vein of punk rock or, you know, real rock and roll. And, right. You know, I mean, Glenn Matlock, I mean, you know, bass player to yeah. Sex Pistols. We oh, had yeah. him on. We had him on, uh, I guess, about six months ago, seven months ago. Did you? And, uh, oh, that's yeah, awesome. Yeah, we, inter- we interviewed him and it was fantastic. The guy. It was during COVID, obviously, and he's in, uh, he's in London, right. and he was late for the interview. We were waiting for him, didn't know what happened. All of a sudden, I get an email. I'm stuck in traffic in, 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 in a huge traffic jam. He's in his Jaguar. Yeah. Oh my so God. He, sa- he says, I'll pull over and do the interview with you in the car. Right. And we were, like, we, were like, we were like, you're fucking amazing, man. We did a video and everything, him sitting in his car and talk, talking to us. You know, it was like, wow. Oh, you that's know, great. Class you know act, class act. I've been, it was I've been Jaguar. A, <laughs> I've been in that traffic before because I've toured there enough. Yeah, and no. I can tell you, yeah, man. It's hell, that, right? He, he could have he did the, the interview in the traffic and it wouldn't matter. He didn't right. have to pull over. Right, right, right. Now, I got to ask you because you were involved with uh, – with Marky Ramon in the Intruders, yeah, and um, the Ramones are my all-time hands-down famous band. I saw them hell uh, yeah fifty times in concert, approximately. Awesome. Okay, uh, between nineteen eighty-three and the end, and uh, Marky's a great guy. Uh, you know, he carried on after, and uh, I just am curious. You know, how how did you hook up with him? How did that happen? Uh, well, I. In the early 90s, uh, I had a band, a local band called Crispy Brown, and we would rehearse at Rockaway Studios, ironically, Rockaway, Rockaway mm-hmm. Beach. Yep. Right. And um, mm-hmm. uh, the guy behind the counter that would, you know, take care of us when we got there, take the money at the end, whatever. His name is Mark Newman. Mark Newman was the guitar player of Sheer Terror, if you remember that. that yes. Hardcore uh, yes, punk band. I, do. I used to like yeah. them. Yep. yep. With, with Paul Bearer, that lunatic singer. Mm-hmm. He's amazing. Mm-hmm. So um, I got the stories <laughs> about that guy, too. He's awesome. So uh, he's naked in a movie, actually, that my friend just made. But if you want to, I'll talk about that later. So, uh, <laughs> um, he, uh, so yeah, so Mark Newman. He we used to go there and, uh, you know, we just got along and he used to like he literally just says, I really like your bass playing. And then one day after years, he just said, listen, I just recorded with Marky Ramone and he's looking to put out a record and he's looking to tour. I would, you know, all the touring I did with Sheer Terror, I don't want to fucking tour. So I'd like, you know, I think he would like you. I'd like to introduce you to him. And I, little Crispy Brown, Crispy Brown was literally like living color meets the chili peppers. It, nothing to do with the Ramones. Right. But he knew but, but he knew I understood and what it was. He knew I would, what I was about. 
you know, it's not yeah. about, it's not always about what it's, what the sounds like, what the sounds are coming out of you. It's right. where your heart is at. Right. Where you and come just from. like, yeah, just like, look, look at Fishbone and look at the Chili Peppers. No matter what music you hear, ska, you know, funk or whatever, mm -hmm. those guys are as punk rock as it gets. Fishbone's you definitely know? amazing. Yeah, yeah, come on. Yeah. So, so he understood that. I understood that. And he, uh, he introduced me to Marky. We, we jammed. It, it went well. And, and that's how it happened. So that was... 1996 it was uh the it was before the ramones played Lollapalooza, which was really the, their last the show. final tour yeah yeah as was... opposed to the other final tours that they did years before they said it's over it's final one final one and it was it wasn't the final one yeah well they you know they you know? They, they were supposed to end i think with those coney island high shows coney island high, yes. and, and i went oh, all so five, i that. went all five yeah. fucking nights man it was a total awesome. insanity Insane. And, yeah. And, yeah. And because uh, really just no one gave a shit, you know, because they, they, they were right. breaking up and place to place got wrecked. But yeah. um, uh, then they got they got connected with the Lollapalooza tour and they figured, yes. well, it's going to make our way out west. And that's where Johnny Ramone was ending up in L.A. Oh. Well, that's okay. where he lives. Yeah. Right. Well, he was like permanently like hanging it up and moving out there. So right. it, that's why they did their very last show in L.A., which I always thought was kind of like a little bittersweet because they really probably should have done their last show in New York city, but that's okay. Absolutely. But, yeah, absolutely. You know, but Lollapalooza led them out there and yeah, exactly. I understand it as well. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so I was there at the Lollapalooza one in New York with Marky knowing I was already in the band. We already had it established. Mm -hmm. We already rehearsed a little bit and really we didn't do anything for another six months. Cause that was like April of that year uh what year was that uh 96 i think or yeah 90, it was 96 yeah, early That's 96 right. yeah it was yeah april of 96 so we um and then we just you know we kept rehearsing or whatever and we were recording a little bit and then it wasn't until the end of 96 i think november 96 the sex pistols was doing their yep. reunion tour mm -hmm. with glenn matlock and uh he said we got this we're going to go to brazil and we're going to do these festivals, 20,000 people. And the first time I played with the Intruders, it's really the first thing I did other than a local band was this. So I just came from local band to this. To uh, you know, stadium shows in Brazil. To a stadium in Brazil. Soccer stadiums, yeah. It, it's, it's as if like the, the Ramones are the, like the Beatles in South America. Yeah. If I I mean, just, let me just interrupt you for one second because I want to explain yeah. to the listeners. Like – you know, the Ramones were around for, uh, oh, I guess it was about 22 years altogether. Uh -huh. And uh, they, 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 you know, as time went on, they got bigger and bigger in the States. But they never got much bigger than playing, you know, medium-sized clubs, mm -hmm. large, larger clubs. And, occa and occasionally some kind of festival like the Us Festival in 82, mm -hmm. which I think was the biggest show they ever played to in America. It was like 100,000 people. All right. Right. But but in South America, especially in the, the later part of the 80s, like when the Brain Drain album came out and uh, going into the early 90s, Mondo Bizarro and stuff like that. For some reason, the South American shows exploded. And like you were about to say, they were as big as the Beatles. Yeah. I mean, if you've ever seen the end of the century movie and the, the raw DVD mm -hmm. that Marky Ramon put out. Right. You can see what they were treated like. I mean, they, they, they were, they were, they were, I mean, they had to have bodyguards. They were, they were attacked yep. in their cars. People oh, screaming, yeah. <laughs> girls chasing them down the street. 
it was like control. a hard day. It was like a punk rock hard day's night. It but, literally was like hard day's night. Yeah. And I can and, understand and, why Marky wanted to go down there. So go ahead. I'm sorry. Totally. Yeah. And Marky yeah. was smart throughout the fi- a bunch of the final years leading up. He always brought his camcorder, and that's what they called it back then. It was a, it was a camera. It was. Yeah. And yeah, and he was filming all this stuff, and that's where he got all the footage for that raw movie. Wow. Yeah. And he and 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 yeah, so we were invited to go down there, and I, I've been to, I've been to plenty of shows. With I mean, I chipped my tooth on a fishbone mosh pit. I used to do the mosh pits and fucking CBGBs, <laughs> whatever. Not, we might have been there you together, know? man, because I yeah. saw him there twice. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I love it, and and here I am in this stadium and the mosh pit for us was the biggest mosh pit I've ever seen. Sure. And, and I was creating the music for it. So if you could imagine the adrenaline that was going through me at the time, I never, this is me like playing the most people I ever played for at that time was like a hundred, maybe wow. 150. Like, and now I'm with this dude and we go down there and the lineup, if I could remember the lineup, it's, um, it was, Ah, uh, shit. It was Space Hog, not in this order, but it was Space Hog, Silver Chair, Cypress mm. Hill, okay. us, Marky Ramone and the Intruders, the, uh, the uh, what do you call that? Um, Bad Religion and the Sex Pistols. And what's Bad that? Screaming, I think Screaming Trees was in there as well, somewhere in the middle. Yeah. It was, and, and here I am. And Cypress Hill, the dudes from Cypress Hill had just went on. They had a giant blow-up Buddha with a pot leaf. <laughs> the thing was 40 feet tall. And then it deflated. We went on. And here they are. They're watching us. I'm looking over, and they're watching us play. And I just went bananas. I ripped off my shirt. I'm running around. The, I had like a wireless. I'm running around. <laughs> and I just let loose. And it was insane. And and uh, the next day, we did the same thing. That was Sao Paulo. The next day, yeah. we did the same thing in Rio. And the breakfast, I had breakfast with Paul Cook. We just <laughs> sat with him. And then, you know, later on, I saw Glenn. And, and, and it was just like, just saying hello to people, meeting people. It was intense. And it was amazing. And then we kept going back. Uh, we did some shows on our own and it, it did okay, you know, 500, 600 people, which is still amazing. And then we, every year we went back and we would do Brazil, Argentina. One year we even did Uruguay and Paraguay. We even dipped into mm-hmm. those places. And I could tell you, like you were saying earlier, the Ramones sold out 70,000 seat arena in less than five minutes. People were killing each other over tickets, beating each other up over tickets. It was insane. When the yeah. Ramones were the, I mean, at their, you know, and what's interesting about it is the Ramones already, Didi was already long gone. Oh, these yeah. Thir- CJ 13 was in the band. CJ was in the band. So these 13 year old kids are into CJ, are into that version of the Ramones. And, it, it, and they, they, they uh, the young kids attached themselves to it. And so we had a lot of young kids waiting outside our hotels for autographs of us. We, were, we did an in-store in a mall. Uh, my mm. hand was hurting from autographing the, the Intruders <laughs> record. It, wow. was, it was just surreal down there. It was amazing, beautiful. Yeah. And then we did our own thing here in the States and in, in Europe. We, we, you know, the Ramones are worth a lot together, whatever they're worth together. But apart, they're really not. So we had to do our own building. We had to prove to, to you know, you, you go to... Uh, we go to Virginia and people are like, yeah, whatever, Marky Ramone. And, and we had to prove ourselves because he's at the drums. 
we're the ones in the front. Right. So I played every night. I was I was out for blood because I wanted to prove to people that I'm not. Look, I'm not. I'm not Didi. I will never be Didi. There is only one Didi Ramon. Well, we know so that. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't try to play like him. I didn't try to be them. I just was being myself. And my style is more like, you know, Matt from Rancid. You know, like I'm moving baselines and and the other guy, you know, whether he did downstrokes with a pick exactly or not, he just we were just ourselves and people started to accepting it. And we were we were doing okay, you know, in the States and in Europe. And we were touring enough where it was it was going well. Uh, Like I said, we go to Europe once a year. We'd wrap around the States and Canada. And those four years were just I, I still miss a lot of I mean, sitting in a van that Marky bought a 15 passenger van, which is what the Ramones would tour that's, around. That's in what they always then. used. Yep. Yeah. And, and everybody had their own row, the same row. Didi always mm-hmm. took the back row and, yep. <laughs> you know, and, and, you know, Monty Melnick was driving. I mean, right. I, you know, right. tour managing Johnny was in the front in the, in the shotgun seat. Marky told me where everybody sat, yeah. you know? Yeah. I, and, I, uh, I actually got a ride one time in that van. Okay. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Back good. in 91, I think it was 90 or 91. They played Trenton city gardens. And uh-huh. I went down there with my girlfriend and this other girl and uh-huh. the show had some delays. There was some technical problems. I think ween was opening up. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That's how long ago that was. And, and yeah, and something happened. I think the power went out, or so, something happened, and the show was a little late getting started. Anyway, uh-huh. I missed the last train back. Okay, and okay. we missed it by a good by a good hour. And I just saw them as they were pulling out, and I I, I said to Monty, I said, Monty, we're stuck here, you know. And he's like, he said a couple of things, and and Joey poked his head out. He's like, Come on in, so we'll give wow. you a ride back, you know. So it was, and this was, you know, years before we 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 really knew about the the dynamics of the van, you know. Oh yeah, we, did we you learn the, yeah. We, I Nobody learned talks. It. And, and, and well, you know, it, 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 I had what happened was, <clears throat> I think I was a little a little drunk, and my my <laughs> girlfriend, of course, was was a little drunk, and the other girl was oh. drinking, and I think we were a little loud, and <laughs> and Johnny Ramon told us to shut up. Yeah. Okay. And mm-hmm. I actually, I actually. Shut up, just like a little kid. Like if their father yells at them, I'm like, oh, oh, shit, okay, you know, right? And then, and then, and then he sat there listening to Fan the whole trip up the Garden right. State, Park, up the, the, the up the uh, the uh, New York, uh, New Jersey Turnpike, and uh, but you know, Marky was talking a little bit to Monty, and and but it was mostly quiet. And I was talking to Joey in the back. CJ wasn't in the van. CJ okay. went with the roadies. Right, but, with uh, his motorcycle, yeah, he yeah, did, his yeah, he did yeah. like if it was a local show, I think that's what he used to do. Yeah. So you know, but Joey in the back, we talked for an hour and a half, and I had met him a oh, couple of times before and and after, but that was the longest conversation I ever had with him, and and oh. he was he was a great guy, down to earth, really was yeah. funny sense of humor, you know, peace loving, a, a, a liberal, like that's that's where his head was at was about yep. love and people coming mm-hmm. together and. Where Johnny he was, was the like, exact he opposite. Was, he was like an ex-hippie, you know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. And Johnny was more like a conservative, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. totally opposite. You know, I mean, but, even, you know, you know, know we, 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 but we never even thought about that in those days. You right. know, it no, was just like cares? we knew Johnny. Johnny was the tough guy. Mm-hmm. He, we knew yeah. he was the kind of the drill sergeant of the band. 
He and needed to be because he, of the drugs they, that everybody it never was would, taking. It never would have held together for all right. Years. Never. He, he was the yeah. He yeah. was the glue, and you know, and uh, you know, he wasn't the nicest guy all the time, but well, he made that band run. He, exactly. He ran that band, and totally, there were also totally. great actors. At Rock and Roll High School. <laughs> you know what? I, I, I'm a shitty actor and I could do better than that. <laughs> you know, I, I read so one time. So good. I, I read one time, guys, that, that Didi, like, couldn't. If you remember Rock and Roll High School, Didi, all yeah. he says in that movie is like, oh, great, pizza. Let's get, let's dig right. in. Something like <laughs> right. that. That was the only yeah. fucking line he had. And he, like, they had to do his role, you know, his spot, like, 25 times before he I got believe it, right. it. I completely <laughs> believe it. Yeah. He was so funny, dude. Well, yeah, talking to, I, I, I met Joey a few times. Uh, my experience with Joey uh, at Tony Allen High, sometimes he'd come and hang out. But yeah. when I was with uh, Jesse after mm-hmm. the intruders, uh, we were called, when I first joined Jesse Mallon, it was called Sing Sing. And then he changed the name to Bellevue. Bellevue. Yeah. yeah. And then and he we had the bar fine. with the same name too, right? Um. Did on, yeah, there was a bar on Ninth Avenue. I think he had a piece of that was oh, called okay. Bellevue. I believe up, it. up in yeah. Hill's Kitchen, Rob. Do you remember that? Yeah, I remember Bellevue. I remember yeah. Bellevue. I think he had a piece of that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I don't remember that, but I, I believe you totally. And and he was um, one time we went in the studio to record, and um, what's his name was there? Uh, fuck, I'm I'm blanking on this guy's name. I hate when I blank on a guy's name who I, who's a friend. I know him. He played guitar. On some Ramones records, um, well, Daniel was, Ray. Daniel Ray, yeah, okay. uh, the guy that sometimes they thought me and him were brothers because yeah, we you, look alike. You, you do <laughs> now that I think of it. Yeah, at least back in the day, alike. a little bit. Yeah. yeah. So, so Daniel Ray was there, and Joey Ramone was there as we showed up while we were recording a song called, uh, I believe it was "Alien Nation" on the Bellevue record, mm-hmm. and Joey was just uh, they were they were recording um, his solo record. Okay. And during that time, and Marky had said at the time, you know, because the, the intruders were over and the Bellevue was whatever. When that was happening, um, Marky had suggested me to be the bass player on that solo record. But Andy Chernoff properly, sure. that's who should yeah. have gotten it no matter what. He's the yeah. one who should have played on it. And he did. And mm. the record's amazing. Oh, so don't now, worry about me. He's amazing. Yeah. Oh, my God. The whole record. And so now we're standing there and Joey unbeknownst to me tells Daniel Ray and Jesse as I'm recording, like I'm fixing a bass part or whatever. He goes, you know, I might want to go on the road with my solo record and I'd love Johnny to be my bass player. Ah, it never I happened. didn't, I didn't know that. And, and when yeah. I found out, I was like, he said, what? And I was just, it just, my heart swelled up and he wasn't even, you know, wasn't even really sick yet or yeah. unbeknownst. He, maybe he was. So then when he did get sick, he was in the hospital and, and, and Jesse would visit him in the hospital. Sure. And he was actually helping Jesse with the sequence, you know, the order of the songs on the yeah. LV record. Mm-hmm. Like he was just involved and Jesse and him were friends. They would go to oh, yeah. Coney Island together, knew, walk on the they beach knew each, together. They knew each other for a long time. Yeah. yeah. But I, I got, before I forget, I got to tell you a funny story about Didi. <laughs> because one time, Didi, Didi had once said once, um, what, about the intruders he came to see the intruders he might have jumped on stage with us once or twice um he said uh, oh i don't like that johnny paisano he's too good uh, <laughs> too good, <laughs> too good. Like, of a bass player yeah like yeah. i'm too good of a bass player because i because i i would move around you know I'm, I, I had something to prove you know i, I was yeah. like out for blood all the time and and um 
but he did like me. It wasn't, it was, you know, it was like a, 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 a comment out of kindness. And there were, and what I know about Didi, there were five Didi's and mm. three of them were great, really cool. The other two, you might want to watch out because he could lose his temper really quick. He had like five personalities. Yeah, and, he, he definitely had some know. issues like that. Yeah. But, but still like it's Didi, you know, he's awesome. Yeah. He was going out with Barbara at the time. Mm-hmm. his wife who became his wife right and uh one time he needed a ride and he had a place in monticello new york and um and warren cohen if you remember him he drove for the ramones sometimes when monty wasn't driving monty yeah. was just tour managing monty wound up becoming the intruder's manager by the way and warren wow. became our tour manager oh, i didn't know that years. about Monty. yeah okay yeah monty's great and he wrote he, he wrote that book and all that but um uh, i read the book so, i must have forgot that part <laughs> so so me and um uh what do you call so me and warren hop in warren's car with Didi and barbara in the back seat and we drove two hours up to monticello and during the drive that we're talking and i'm like fuck i got Didi and one in the back seat right now which this is great like we're bullshitting about nothing and i love yeah. it and he looks at me and he goes you want to, you know, he had that voice. He kind of talked like this, right? Yeah. And he said, you want to check? I've been writing this book. You want to check it out? And he hands me this, just a bunch of papers mm-hmm. that were barely clipped together. And it was the makings of that book he wrote, The Chelsea Horror Hotel. The Chelsea Horror Hotel, yeah. Yeah. So I'm reading these pages. You know, he's got stuff scribbled and he's got a lot of things typed and corrections or whatever. And I'm starting to read it and it's, it was nuts. It was like yeah. his, his dog told book. his dog is telling him yeah. go into the basement and there's a tub and there's you know it's full of blood because somebody stole somebody's liver. Yeah, and I was like, wow, this is trippy as fuck. So then we get to Monticello <laughs> and we go. He's got this trailer, and in the trailer we go and hang out with him in his trailer. And he 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 goes, oh, check this out. And he pulls out a rifle. I'm like, fuck. Of all the people. To mm. not have a rifle would be this paranoid because <laughs> he smoked a lot of pot and he was paranoid. Yeah. You know, I'm like, this guy should not have a rifle. <laughs> so anyway, we hung out for a little while and then we left. And, and I just remember, fuck, when he he had this and I'm starting to go gray now. I hope to get what he had. He had platinum white hair. Yeah, he did. That was like a long crew cut style. Mm-hmm. And then he wore this white leather jacket to match. Like it was just like he looked amazing. It, it was it was like an like a Iggy kind of thing. Yes. Yeah. 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 Iggy pop like raw power era. Oh, yeah. Just amazing. And I'm so sad when I found out because it happened to a bunch of friends of mine actually, a good handful of people I know. I think. I mean, I'm, I was never into those heavy drugs, but I think when you're used to doing a certain amount of heroin, let's call it four, mm-hmm. and then you stop doing it, and you quit. And mm-hmm. you go, and and then you're clean. Your body's clean of it. And when you go back, you're really supposed to do one, and maybe right. you can't do up. your old. You, you can't do your old yeah. dose. I've Otherwise, had. I've I've lost yeah. several friends to that. Yes, I'm yes. so. I was so sad when I found yes. out he died, and I felt so bad for Barbara because she was such a. She's such a beautiful, nice person, and I hope yeah. wherever she is, she's doing good. But yeah, man, wow, this is. I'm so happy. To, I, all right, I'll do one more thing. For, for you guys and the listeners, this is my favorite Marky Ramone story. And okay. I don't think he'd care if I told him. Uh, it's really funny. So we were touring through Texas and 
we, we uh, this guy named whatever, there was this bunch of people at a table, friends of his from Texas. We go into this restaurant, you know, the ones with the, the big bull horns sticking out, you know, yeah. it's like crazy meat, whatever. And when you first walk in, there's barrels of peanuts, different flavors, and you could get a mug and you get the peanuts and go to the table and go to town before you even order your food. One of them was jalapeno flavored, was the regular flavored, you know, whatever flavor. So Marky gets the jalapeno flavor. I get the regular flavor. The other guys get whatever. And we're all sitting there and we're just eating bullshitting, you know, looking at the menu, whatever. And then Marky goes to the bathroom and we're still, you know, blah, whatever. We're trying to order. Marky comes back to the table, gets his hand in his glass, his water glass, grabs a couple of ice cubes and walks away. I'm like, what the fuck is, what the hell is he doing? <laughs> when he came back, we figured out he burnt his dick because ah. he had the jalapeno flavor uh -oh. on his fingertips. <laughs> and he, when he went to pee, he burnt his dick. We were, dude, we were crying laughing. Oh, man. For like, that for could like totally weeks. happen. I could see that happen. It could happen. It, but what's odd about it is that weird shit like that would happen only to Marky. Oh, yeah. Like, weird stuff on a plane, like, you know, just weird shit. What always happened to that guy? And we just got it. And he, even he laughed about it later on. But we would, that's the, the joy we had with him driving for hours and hours on end. When you get bored, you start making sock puppets. And yeah. me and him would turn <laughs> into a little crazy. Oh, we would turn into two six because I was always the one driving. Me or Warren were driving, and he's always in the shotgun seat. So, we would just talk for hours and joke. And there's a lot of, a lot of, you know, a lot of times I look back on those days and I really miss those days. But, but I got really lucky because that was an amazing band to be with. Yeah. And then after that, I went from that right into Jesse Mallon, who was another wow. amazing guy. And I've gotten, and he's an amazing front man. Mm -hmm. So I've gotten to, to, to play with between him and Willie Nile. I mean, they're amazing front men. Really well, that was going to be that was going to be my next question: is uh, is how did you get get uh, connected with Willie Nile? I mean, that's a, that's a big gig right there. Oh well, interesting. Uh, okay, so I was with Jesse Mallon from 2000 to 2005, and then I was with a bunch of bands in between. But in 2007, he had this manager, uh, Gary Boris, and he asked and Gary knew me because I was playing with this band Marat at the time. And he also knew me from Marky Ramon because he's really good friends with Johnny right. Ramon. So uh, Willie had asked Ga Gary, his manager, Gary, I need a bass player because Brad um, Albedo, who he, who he was working with started playing with and dating Martha Wainwright. So then he goes to Jesse, he goes, I need a, you know, do you know anybody? I need a bass player. And first words out of Jesse's mouth, was Johnny Paisano, here's his number. He does his homework, he's a good guy. And, you know, and between those two is, is I was recommended. And then the first gig we did um, was opening up for the Counting Crows at the PNC Art Center. In Jersey. And, yeah, in Jersey, and that was too tough. But actually, it's even funnier than that because that was supposed to be the very first gig I did with him. Months before that, I already had the, he already gave me the material he says, listen, we're going to do this thing with the, P, you know, with PNC Art Center. Here's the songs. So I, I was like ch checking them out. And, you know, at the time, I was like, fuck it. I'll learn this song. I'll learn these two songs. Three was songs. he headlining or was it were you opening? For no, somebody? he was opening for the County Crows. Oh, right. So you said we that. were opening for the County Crows. Yeah. yeah. So, so now it's months earlier. And <clears throat> there was the Katrina benefit we were doing. And someone asked me, Kira Caverno, this, this photographer friend of mine. And she said, I need a stage manager 
we're going to, we're going to do this benefit and a bunch of bands are going to show up and I need you to just make sure bands go on and on time. Right. I said, I could do that. So Arlen Phyllis, one of the bands had the bass, had a bass, just female bass player that blew my mind. She was great. She plays on the Gordon, James Gordon show. Now that's okay. the same Israeli, I believe it's Israeli bass player. Anyway. So Willie Nile is playing that. And I'm like, this is great. I get to hang with Willie. I'm going to play with him in, in, a, in a month and a half or whatever. And it turns out his bass player wasn't there. And I'm like, Willie, I'm the stage manager. I'm supposed to get you on in, in 10 minutes. And he goes, I don't know what to do. I said, well, I, I did learn some of the songs if you want to do it. I, I didn't have a bass. He goes, do it. So I had to borrow a bass because cell phones weren't as popular as now. They couldn't yeah. get in touch with Brad Albetta. And it turns out Brad showed up to the wrong club in the wrong neighborhood because Southpaw is in Park Slope, Brooklyn, and he went to Williamsburg. So oh, okay. forget well, about him know, getting there. I know, <laughs> I know Southpaw. Yeah, okay. Yeah. okay. So this was at Southpaw. So I grabbed Bardis Kid's bass, which was crap. And, I'm, and these guys, so now it's Rich Pagano on drums, if you know who that is, plays with the Fab Foe. Mm-hmm. I think I know and, who he is. Uh, yeah. And Jimmy Vivino from the Conan yep. O'Brien band. <laughs> from the Conan, yep, yep. Is on guitar and me. And these guys don't know me from Adam. And they're like, this, this, whoever this guy is thinks he knows Willie songs. He's going to, like, this is going to be horrible. And I, I, not to brag, but I fucking nailed it. You nailed it. I even, I even mm. started singing background vocals as I was playing. The three <laughs> of them looked at me like, who the fuck is this guy? And I, and from then on, it was like, all right, I guess you got the gig, you know, because he never obviously you saved you saved the yeah. day. That, that, that yeah, was... and it, that's what it turns out. Brad showed up to the wrong to the wrong uh, wrong venue. And you've so been playing with him ever since, pretty consistently, since. right? Yeah. yeah. In two thousand seven, there was a hand, very small handful of gigs. Two thousand eight, we went to Holland, and we did some more sporadic gigs, and and then it just got the gigs got more and more and more. So now, and then at one point we were doing over a hundred gigs a year. How does he do is, overseas in places like Holland? How, you in, know? Well, we only went to Holland once, which is sad. We never went back. I wish I was, uh, I wish I was more in the manager managerial end of Willie to try to, cause I think with, with different managers and different decisions made, I think we could be a lot bigger in different regions, but um, we, I thought we would do, we were already doing really good in Holland. We did go to Germany once. We, we started doing good there, but mainly we go to Spain and Italy and the UK still. And Spain is, I think, out of everywhere, I think Spain wins. They're a little younger and they're nuts. And they, they, they're a standing crowd and they're, they're a rocking crowd. Mm-hmm. And they're, they, I, I've even seen them do a mosh pit to when we were singing House of a Thousand Guitars <laughs> one time. <laughs> It's like, it was really, Spain is really amazing. We've done some festivals there too. So we try to get there once a year, but it really depends on finances. He's got, when he can't afford to take us, he's, you know, there's musicians there to help him out, but they always want the New York band. They, de- they, they try to demand it from him, the New York, sure. us. It's you know, the best yeah. stuff. Yeah, we, we have a certain attitude, I guess, that other people they, don't. They, yeah, exactly. Now, well, I we were supposed say, to go to... Yeah. I'm, sorry, I'm sorry, go ahead, Jack. No, go, yeah, we were supposed to go to Italy last year, and uh-huh. know, obviously that didn't happen, so that's postponed, and to, we'll go, like, I guess, next year, and yeah, and the yeah, UK Yeah, I mean, everything well. is starting to, you know, everything's starting to try to come back. Uh, right. A lot of places in the city here are opening up, and pretty soon, uh, 
there's been some shows advertised for September, October, November. So I think by the end of the year, we're going to have a lot of places open. And thank should be, thank you know, goodness, hope, man. Hopefully. Yeah. You know, overseas, I don't know. Europe might be a little little bit yeah. different. They've had, they have a whole different set of problems. But I want to change gears for a second because sure. I want to talk a little bit about, briefly about your, 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 your acting career. You say you worked as an extra in, on some shows. Um, one show that, that you were involved yeah. with, okay, you're yeah. going to have to kind of remind me where you were in this show because I was, <laughs> I was a big fan of this show when it came out. It's called Vinyl. Okay. Oh, yeah. And it didn't last, unfortunately. It was one season. Yeah, one season. It was good. It, and it was, was uh, yeah. on HBO. With, uh, uh-huh. produ- it was produced by Mick Jagger and Martin Scorsese. And yeah. I figured with those two, this thing's going to get at least a couple of years out of it. I and, too, yeah. yeah, and what it dealt with for the people that may not have seen it or remember, it dealt with um, uh, the, the early 70s New York City rock scene, right. which uh, brought us the New York Dolls, uh, yeah. brought us um, bands that their members went on to things you know, like, like Joey Ramone was known as Jeff Sniper back then. Okay, oh, really? and yeah, and he he was in the band Sniper. Okay, right, and he played drums, and he's actually shown in the series because they show the club, the club which was Coventry in Queens. Okay, and Coventry brought us uh, Kiss. Okay, they they started playing there. Uh, mm-hmm. The Brats, which was Rick Rivet's band. Rick Rivet started the New York Dolls and then left and became one of the Brats and went on to the Corpse Grinders. There was a whole stretch of things that he did. But it all started in this early 70s scene. Now, what, what part did you have in the show? Well, uh, you know, to people who don't know what extra work is as an extra like that, I, I like to just say I, I cameoed. Cameoed. <laughs> they, you know, but, but the reality is when I'm not playing music, you know, us people who live in New York, we need to subsidize our money and whatever jobs we can do. So I started being an extra. I have an upright bass. I play now and then. And uh, you fake play. I fake played upright. So in 2006, (laughs) and I got my SAG card. So uh, in 2007, so I started doing this extra work when I'm not playing music. And that's how that whole thing started. In vinyl, uh, there's a scene where, I can't remember the episode, but that's not going to help you. But there's a scene where, what's his name? Uh, Cabal, yeah, the Cavalier, whatever. It's, yeah, yeah, the lead guy. that guy. Yeah, so lead guy. His name's yeah. So he uh, from Third Watch. So yeah. he uh, uh, and Brian Bobby Carnavale. Bobby Carnavale. Yeah. Yeah. So he, he there's a scene where he's behind the bar. It's early on, and he, I guess he he's the bartender or he owns the bar, whatever. There's a band playing, and then it's the end of the night, and at the end of the night he's talking to that uh, that black gentleman with the great voice, who later on in the season. That mafia guy like gets a baseball bat and fucks up his throat. Yeah, he can't sing yeah, anymore. Yeah. So he's chatting with him. So it's early on. And there's four mafia guys at the end of the bar. And he references to them at what one point, like he looks over to them because he knows, you know, whatever. But yeah. earlier on in the night when the place was, was packed, when they first enter the bar, I'm sitting at the end of the bar and my face is perfectly clear and i'll send it to you i'll send you the clip okay that's awesome uh, yeah like it's very it's so visible enough where i didn't even tell anybody i was i was in it because you never know when you're going to be edited out or whatever 
And when, when that scene happened, my phone blew up like a bunch of people <laughs> saw my face. I just saw you in vinyl. I just saw you in vinyl. Same thing happened with the Sopranos. I had yeah, that little, was going to be my next question. Thing, yeah, what, yeah. What, what part did you have in the Sopranos? Well, the Sopranos, cameo. The, at the end of the, yeah, cameo. <laughs> at the end of, uh, see, smoke and mirrors, man. <laughs> so at the end of the, the, whole, of the whole thing, not the very last episode, but the second to last episode, little Steven gets shot in the parking lot of the Bada Bing. Yeah. That's an iconic scene. Right. And when, when the people inside the bar watching the girls, which is one other thing we had to do, we had to watch the girls dance around a pole, mm-hmm. tops on and tops yep. off. They filmed yep. it twice because they go into syndication with A&E. So they actually, at that time, they knew it would yeah. go into syndication. You so cut they had, it we, differently, yeah. Yeah, instead of doing blurry boobs, they actually had the girls film with their tops on and then film the whole scene again with tops off. Um, anyway, so we're the patrons. We hear the gunshots. We run out. So I'm running out with the, with the, with the girls and the, and the guys, the patrons. And then the, the, the guy, the driver, he, he comes out of and he, we see that he has a gun and we run back in and then they go out of the parking lot. They screech out of the parking lot. And, and there's a guy on a motorcycle behind him who then skids, like yeah. crashes. And then a tow truck or whatever behind him runs over this motorcycle driver. I and then they show, they show yeah. us, they show the crowd. Mm-hmm. And when they show the crowd, I was up in front and I made some stupid face. And again, <laughs> my, phone just, my phone just blew up. I saw up. you on the Sopranos. <laughs> and we're talking, if, if you blinked, you'll miss it. Any of these scenes, if you blink, you'll miss it. There's a couple of cool things I did as an extra where, uh, I don't know if you remember that show called Royal Pains. Oh, yeah, that was a good show about the doctor. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, There was was one cool thing they had me do in that, which was, uh, so there was, uh, the episode was like this this girl hit her head and, and she can't recognize faces anymore. The faces morph into other faces. It's, you know, so the two, the, the guy and his brother go up there and say, come, come into the mirror. When you look at yourself, what do you see? And you, you, when they show the mirror, they show a different face. Like she has, uh, you know, it's her stand-in or whatever. So then they said, when you look at us, what do you see? And they CGI'd my face onto both their faces. <laughs> it, I'm serious. It's the weirdest thing. And they had to stretch my face for the brother. And they had to make my face rounder for the for him. And it's so funny. And they, they used my face as a CGI. And I thought that did, was... Did you get really paid twice? Cool. No. no. Ah. <laughs> I, I like your thinking. No. They actually... Uh, they paid me as a photo double. They called... That's what they call it. I've done oh, it before. Okay. But I've never done CGI. And another cool thing, if you watch a, a, a movie called The Delivery Man with Vince Vaughn, he's got like 600 kids because he's a sperm donor. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes. All right. I so if you that. remember the scene, he's, he go, he's trying to go clean and he's growing pot in his house. He's like, fuck yeah. this. And he throws all his pot in the garbage and you see the pot hanging out of the garbage. And there's a garbage man. He doesn't take the garbage and throw it in the back of the garbage truck. He the takes garbage the weed. I'm the garbage man. You're the you're the, oh, <laughs> yeah. I'm that guy. You're the. <laughs> watch it again. No, I'm serious. Uh, I and that I'm gonna. I will watch that this weekend. Yeah. Yes. Oh my! I'm gonna blow up your phone when it happens. Blow it up. <laughs> now, yeah, so one other. other uh, what about Gotham? Uh, Weren't you in Gotham? Yeah, I was. Uh, I've worked on Gotham a bunch of times. My neighbor had an '80s car. I that had to have seen cars. you in that because I, well, I watched it every show. I'll send you that clip too. They made me uh there was a there was uh 
again, I've, I've, I've worked on it a bunch with my friends, older car, but you never see me in those blurs in the distance. I do it all the time. But this one scene, the penguin was upset and wanted to kill the mayor. So he had this trick. He said, we're all going to dress like me. So everybody mm. was the penguin. Yeah. There, were like, there were like 40 of us dressed I like remember the that. penguin. And I was one of the penguins. Okay. And, and we were marching in and then they arrested us at the end. And you see me as the penguin in handcuffs at the end too. Yeah. And I'll send you, I'll send you that clip. As Definitely well. send it. I got to see yeah. that. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it was good. They did, they, they did weird shit to my hair, makeup, and I, I got to wear his outfit. And then he taught us the, the, the penguin, the real penguin taught us how to walk, how to do the walk, the waddle, his waddle. He had his own yeah. waddle. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool guy. That was, yeah. that was, that was a great show. I hope it, Great. You know, I know. Yeah, it was definitely. Awesome. It was fantastic because it was from the beginning, like how Batman became Batman, how Commissioner Gordon right. yeah. became Commissioner Gordon. Was well, well, Gary Oldman was in it. I mean, has Gary Oldman ever yeah. made anything better? I don't think so. That's true. Well, Gary Oldman was in the movie as mm-hmm. Commissioner Gordon. Yeah, but this guy, he did a great version as a young. Oh, yeah. I'm, young, thinking of, yeah. I'm thinking of the movie. Sorry. Yeah. It was. Yeah, uh, no, he the, did a the great. Blonde, the blonde haired guy. Yeah. 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 I thought it was great just for the same reason you just uh, you just yeah. said that that you're watching how this this kid had to learn to fight and how he became Batman. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. Fantastic. Yeah. All right, Johnny. So now you played with a lot of people. You told us some some great stuff here. And it all leads to your debut album called Johnny Pisano's Punk Rock Pizzeria. And that came out, I believe, in 2016. Am I correct? Yeah. yeah it came out a couple of years ago. Yeah. 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 Tell us about that. How'd you get that off the well, ground? Um, well, first of all, it, it's just like actors want to be musicians. Musicians want to be actors. And as, we, as we're called sidemen, like, um, you know, we're called sidemen. Whoever plays with Jesse Mellon, people as, play with Willie As Nile. a bass player, yeah. As yeah. a bass player, we always have our own little fantasies of either being an actor or putting out our own shit. And one year I said to myself, if I don't do this now, I'm never going to fucking do it. And my, and my fantasy was not just to put out a record, but to put out a punk rock record. Because mm-hmm. I think there's so many people putting out so much music. And I just, you know, I don't, ta- I don't like to take it myself too seriously. And a lot of people are up there with their acoustic guitar and they're whining about their, you know, yeah. broken heart or whatever. I'm like, you know, there's ways of doing this. And the other reason is, so the Intruders, back going back to full circle here, we put out a second record and then we were going to put out a third record. That's the so answer already, to your problems record you're talking about. The, the second record is the answer yeah. to your problems. Yeah. yeah. So the third, we were going to put out a third record. And I, and I already wrote some songs with Marky and on my own for the second record. So we wrote together and stuff. So for the third record, I already started writing for it. I had, I had one song done. And he and I showed it to him and he liked it. Um, and then there was another song I kind of was working on. And and this I had another song done actually back then. This, what I what I uh, I wrote a song because we were going to Sao Paulo. We were going to Brazil. Right. And I fell in love with that city. It reminded me of free Giuliani, New York, when New York was still tough. Mm. And, yeah. there was, you know, you still had to watch your back walking out in streets and stuff. Yep. So I, I wrote that song, Streets of Sao Paulo back in 1998 and i also wrote 
all fucked up from growing up back that, in 1998. That track, that track I love. That's a good song. Yeah. That we all track fucked I up. Love. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. And I appreciate it. So that's the song Marky liked. He goes, yeah, we're, you know, we're going to make a third record. This is going on it. And it never happened. We disbanded. Well, and it, he, he went on huh? to do the Speed Kings, right? Wasn't that the next project he had? Well, the, well, the intruders, he just didn't want to do the intruders anymore for whatever reason. And yeah. then, and then the, the misfits, he oh, played yes, drums that's with, right. With, yeah, he did he that did the, for a little while. Project 1950 thing. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, and he was doing Ramones covers. And then, yeah, and then yeah. somewhere in there, the Speed Kings jumped in and he recorded with them. Mm-hmm. Um, so now, fast forward all these years later, these songs still existed. We even played the Streets of Sao Paulo live in the year 2000 on that tour of Brazil. And yeah. people were really digging it. So I, I, I just said to myself, I could get these two songs. I could finish that other one. And I have these other ideas for other songs that may not be as punk rock. And I have this Willie Nile I already recorded, had already recorded, Willie Nile song, One Guitar. I did a reggae version of it. So it's called, I called it One Guitar Mon. Yeah, I got got that reference. Yep, I saw it. Yeah, so I just just said, you know what, I'm going to do, if if I'm going to do this, it's like, I stopped doing extra work in films. I said, I'm just going to do gigs. And I had mm-hmm. to, you have to take sacrifices when you're that busy and you want to get something done like this, you got to take sacrifices and you got to yes. say to yourself, this is the only thing I got to do until it's done. And I dedicated myself. And first, I, and I, what, what the thing was back then, and still now there's these things back then it was called pledge, pledge music. And it's a, a crowdfunding campaign. And a friend of mine who's a publicist said, the way you want to release this is you're going to make one video for mm-hmm. one video each day a different video for five days and you're going to say something crazy and then you're going to say i got a big announcement so i did a parody of saturday night fever because now, that's now i was gonna i was gonna bring that up because well, I saw yeah. it. okay <laughs> i did, saw okay. that you on youtube okay and right. you're you're on 86th street Bensonhurst. That's, which by the way is where i live i live four blocks right. from where you right me. Right, and and I and as soon as I mean as soon as the scene opens up, I knew what he was doing. I knew. You I knew just, I was. You know, just... I knew. What he did. You and, and and then I'm like, is he gonna do it right and get two slices? And you he did it right, doing. and you put him <laughs> and you and you did the Tony Manero two slices on top Holy of each other. <laughs> yep. Which I don't know anybody in my life that's ever eaten that way. That must have been just for the film. Yeah, nobody really does that. Did. Nobody yeah. ate that way. No. Yeah. Which is fine though. It's great. He still is what he is, and it was awesome. And Lenny's still exists, it's still which is there. awesome. Yep. it's still Lenny's, and and the 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 card store next door. Everything else mm-hmm. is different now. Mm-hmm. There's a Starbucks or whatever. So yeah, and and I did this thing, and I said, "Hey, welcome to my neighborhood." Blah blah blah. I got a big announcement to make in five days, and everybody's like, "What's your announcement?" I was like, "I'm not telling you." Come on, tell me, tell me. I'm not telling you. The <laughs> next day, I did another video at L and B's, another famous pizzeria. Sure in Bensonhurst and yep. I did the same thing I'm at LMB's this is this place 120 years old blah 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 and I got a big announcement in four days then the third day I did it on, a, on another slice of it was all had to do with pizza was the only was the only common denominator was there was did, a pizza did, in did you go to Totono's no I wanted to but I, I did that would have been a good spot yeah that's my favorite spot you know but yeah. that woman I could have did it outside of Totono's but I don't know I just for some reason I wanted to do it inside, but I know that guy's daughter, who's because he died. Yeah, his daughter who runs it now. She's she's pretty hard. We okay. always used to be. We were afraid of her, but we were afraid of the father too. Yeah, I was always afraid anyway. of the father, man. Just the father was tough. Place. Yeah, he yeah. kicked. I don't want to get kicked out. I love that place. Nah. 
<laughs> and when he and you remember, if he runs out of dough at the end of the day, I mean, he doesn't care. The lines around the corner. He goes, "That's it. Shuts that's the it. door. That's, he shuts the door. No <laughs> more pizza. That's it." So after these five, the, the the last day, I went to Coney Island. I had this whole trick, whatever, and I spelt out uh, in, in Toys R Us letters in a pizza, empty pizza box, whatever. I did this whole thing, and I said, "I want to make my own record, and I need." your funding you right. use a pledge campaign and it really worked because a bunch of people donated to the project and i got enough money to record the record get merchandise pay my friends to be on the record you know uh, if my friends are going to play with for me i wanted to pay them yeah so i, I you know i gave them some money and it, studios and everything it's expensive and i got the record done and 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 i kept pushing uh that song the streets of sao paulo mm-hmm. into whatever friends i had in Brazil, any Ramones fans, I was like, check this song out. You might like it. It's about your city. I wrote a song about your city, you know, and some people really liked it down there. And um, I got the My Love, I Love. Mm-hmm. So the other thing about that record is I didn't care about certain rules. I wanted to even spell pizzeria my own way, but I, I yeah. figured you have to be able to look it up for it to be, you know, these days. You got to get back- the spelling right because everybody yeah. Google stuff. Because they Google yeah. stuff. But back in the day, you could do what you want. Yeah. So I did what I wanted on the song "My Love, I Love." I spelt it. I made it one word, mm-hmm. and I and I did a lot of cursing on the on the record. And what I did was, while I was recording it, I made a PG version. So in case any radio stations wanted to play it, or if you want to play it, and you got kids in the car. <laughs> that was smart. So yeah, so I have a clean version, and and I have the and I have the cursing version is on Spotify. So if anybody, I could always forward the clean version to anyone. And I used an envelope filter on the bass for that song "My Love, I Love," and. I, I wrote the string part for Superhero um, and had this guy play it on a keyboard, but he had these like $1,200 string samples were amazing. Now, and live this, did, when you do that song, you're, uh-huh. wearing, you're wearing a cape. I did a few times. Um, <laughs> so I actually said, fuck it. The first, I played Mercury Lounge for the, the, uh, the fir- uh, what do you call that? The record release party. Yeah. And that was the end of 2016. It was December. And I literally, Trump had just won, or at the time, we didn't know who was winning yet. I forget when it was. No, no, Trump already won. Yeah. So I put on it like a, like a good punk rock kid. I made fun of whoever was in office. Mm-hmm. I put on a Trump wig, <laughs> and I sang, I sang the clashes, I'm so bored with the USA. Oh, and song. then I did, uh, I did um, yeah, and I did, uh, what do you call that, um, Father Christmas by the Kinks, and I had Jesse Miller come song. up and sing yeah. that. Yeah, Jesse came up, sang that with me. And I did my whole record, all nine songs or whatever, and it was a killer night. And I packed the place. I was so proud. Uh, but I don't do enough of my own shows. And I have a shitload of new songs I want to record that's not punk rock. But I did want the first record to be that and, and, and just not taking myself seriously. I mean, the beginning of Superhero, I literally had this guy redo the, the Mighty Mouse theme, the cartoon and and we he did he redid it in his studio because like you know they would have yeah. wanted who knows how much money to to, to take it. the original yeah. yeah so we recreated it I sang on it with him and um, and I did all kinds of weird shit before at the end of the beginning of songs uh, at the end of the know it alls I Richard Manitoba you know handsome oh Dick yeah yeah we had him on the show last year too yeah he's 
He's the a great Robert guy. De, the Robert De Niro of front men. There, that's who that is. <laughs> He's fucking amazing. So he said at the end of the know-it-alls, he went, hey, you're all a bunch of know-it-alls. And he sang it into his phone. He said that in his phone. And I and you put used that it. right on the Totally used it. I asked him. I was so happy. He's like, yeah, Paisano, for you, I'll do it for you. I'm like, yeah, man, thanks. You know, he's just a great guy. And then um, at the beginning of, there's a song called Midlife Crisis. I don't yeah. want to be your midlife crisis. And yeah, great. I have two, Tommy London and Matt Hogan, the guitar player on that record. And at the time, Willie Knight. Rob, you know Tommy. I wrote, uh, yeah, I'm good friends with Tommy London. London. Yeah, he's he's doing great right now. He's he's a DJ on Sirius. Yeah, he's yeah, doing yeah, the uh, Bonnie, the uh, what is it? Um, Ozzy, Ozzy's Boneyard, I think. Boneyard. He's, Boneyard. Also, he's doing another one, the Garage. We we just uh, right. we saw him like uh, I don't know, was it two weeks ago? He he had Paul Stanley on. Oh and my God! He was he, he was talking. Yeah, crazy. he was talking about. Coming the upcoming uh, you know Kiss documentary that was last week the two the two parter on A and E, uh, Kissery, oh and uh, he, he it was great if you have a chance to catch it because he really explained why Peter and Ace were not involved with this, right? Okay, and uh, that's interesting. Could, yeah, we, we we did a review of the of the of the documentary last week as a I, special. I, I, I would like to hear Peter's point of view of that, but yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, there's, there's, it's there's two sides, but it makes of sense. course, yeah. But yeah. um, yeah, so so Tommy London must have had a fucking hard on because that that sounds like his dream. Yeah, to interview him, but because uh, sure. for a minute, um, for a minute, I did play with Peter Chris. I went to his really? house and yeah, we did some. Uh, he liked big band music, and my friend, the same yeah. guy, Mark Newman, Mark Newman, who hooked me up with Mark Ramon. He knew Peter and Peter's like, yeah. So I went there with my upright bass and I played like Artie Shaw and Benny Goodman stuff with him. We were going to do gigs. Well, you know how we probably got into that? Did you, ever, did you ever hear the story how Peter was taught by Jerry Nolan? Yes. Okay. I well, Jer Jerry, Nolan, ago, yeah. Jerry Nolan was into that stuff and he was taught right. by some of these guys. Uh, Jerry Nolan was. So right. yeah. Anyway, I'm sorry. Go. Go. No, no. It's amazing. Being in yeah. Peter Chris's house, dude. I mean, there's like rows of platinum records everywhere. Imagine. The basement was, <laughs> the house is beautiful. His wife is cool. And yeah. it was just, it was just a great experience. And I was there like three times. I got him a couple of horn players and then he hurt his foot and we were going to do gigs, but it just never happened, unfortunately. But How long ago I got was to it? hang with him. Um, I want to say five years ago. Okay. Yeah, probably like five years ago. And yeah, what it was just a great experience. And just chatting with him, and you know, he had his own story to tell about those guys. Oh yeah. So you know, everybody's got the sides. You know, it's it's different sides to different stories. But again, there were drugs involved, yep. and a lot of people don't remember. You know. Yeah, it's all fuzzy. Yeah, sometimes it's all fuzzy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Coming up, I know we we're, we're just starting to get open again. Have you got some new music? Yeah. Maybe new new record coming out? Maybe anything? I have. Uh, well, I do need to get off my ass and start recording my own stuff. Ironically, um, I, I uh, there's this guy. Uh, crazy story. So probably in 2014-15, um, this guy asked me to play on his stuff. Went into his. He's got reel to reels in his living room. Mm -hmm. And he and, and he said, I have Simon Kirk coming over, bad company drummer. So I'm like, OK, it was oh, the wow. weirdest thing. I so I'm in a living room recording this guy's music. Simon Kirk is in this living room and the guy's mother is making meatloaf. It was like surreal. That is a surreal. A kind of <laughs> so he's such a sweet guy. And he like he would even 
tear up with his own songs because some girl heard him or whatever it was. And he was studying to be a rabbi. And he, some, you know, he was teaching Sunday school and stuff like that. So sensitive guy. He went to Israel to study to be a rabbi. And he was in a hotel room alone, like we all are a lot of times traveling. He must have woke up to pee, hit his head, and died. Oh, it was a horrible, wow. horrible yeah. story. So I get a call from his mother. And it was, I just was, mind, my mind was blown. Anyway, a year after that, I get a call from his dad, which now this is a year and a half ago. And he says, listen, I got all these tracks. I'd love for somebody to mix it. And I had somebody mix it, but I'm not really that happy with the mix. I took a listen and I said, it's fine. I said, but there's no harmonies. There's no tambourine. I could hear a, I hear a horn. I hear an organ sample. I hear this. I hear that. He goes, well, why don't you, why don't you do it? So he hired me and I got, um, I go to Jimmy Bones, the new guitar player for Willie Niles, got a home studio mm-hmm. and we've been working on this guy's stuff. So Amazing. right now we're in the middle of producing this guy's stuff. Who's not even alive anymore. Wow. And, and, and some of the vocals were like scratch vocals. So yeah. we have to like try to tune them and I'm singing them up a little to bit. It. Yeah. Yeah. And adding instruments and it's been, and so once I'm done with that, then I could dive into my own stuff. I just feel like I want to get that done. What, what an amazing task that has to be. I mean, to, it, yeah, it was, yeah, it's really it's, touching. The whole story is really touching. So between that and I got Willie Niles gigs, a lot of Willie, we're playing uh, this Saturday at the Vogel, South Jersey. Yeah. And um, we got a bunch of gigs after that. And I also play with uh, a Springsteen tribute band uh, called the Saints in the City. They got a bunch of gigs from now until whenever. And um, there's a Stones tribute band I play with, and they got a gigs coming up. And we're that I would like to hear. Uh, where, yeah. In Massachusetts? Yeah, and Block Island. They're called the Blushing Brides. The thing about the Blushing Brides is the very first tribute band ever in 1978 was the Blushing Brides, and this guy's still going. Wow. That's wow. him, yeah. And he's an amazing – I've been gifted with some front men. He's an amazing front man, as, as, as Willie is, as Jesse is. Yeah. So when I when I start jabbing along like this, I think I got it from from them. <laughs> wow. When they they're like yeah, they they like to talk a lot. So in between songs when I do my own stuff, I tend to, you know, I don't there's no there's no air between songs. I just go and I just talk, get to the next song, but I tell it's, stories and Well, it's all business and you know, you break yeah. it up with some stories. That's that's cool. Exactly. Yeah. Just kind of yeah. feel like you, you want people you want to tell people what the song's about, where it came from, where you're from, what you're about. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. they could choose if they're not. You don't like me, you don't like me. It's fine, but you know that's, what I'm about. That's that's very cool. It's very cool. Yeah. Well, Johnny, what's the best way to find you? What's your social media handles out there on Instagram uh, well, and things like name, that? Well, my name, yeah, my name, Johnny Pisano, uh, J O H N N Y P I S A N O, and it, it'll show up. You'll see a dude with a guitar somewhere, or you'll see it's says Johnny Pisano's Punk Rock Pizzeria. That's me. I also have a website, JohnnyPisano.com. Um, Instagram, same thing, Johnny underscore Pisano. Twitter. You find me on all those all those places, and uh, on there, there's always you. You could easily get in touch with me. I can, you know, give a gig listing to if somebody wants to come see us or whatever. Yeah, thank yeah, you. yeah, definitely. Uh, the stuff know, is also, know- oh, the, and the music's also on Spotify, Amazon, right. iTunes. Yeah, you could find Johnny Pizzano's Punk Rock Pizzeria just about everywhere. Yeah, I, I've seen it on on, uh, on Spotify and Pandora. Yeah. I think too had it. Yeah. Um, let us know about any you know upcoming shows you might have. I'd like to put it out there on the Rock Show group page. 
Um, Thanks. And, you know, promote you a little bit. Uh, whatever, whatever, you know, could be the tribute stuff, whatever you got going on. Okay, just just let us Great. know and we'll we'll promote you. Okay, we like I to do that for, it, for thank you. You know, I'm all about pushing good music. That was that's a big part of why we we do this. Okay, yeah. it's you know it, we try to get educate everybody as to what is great rock and roll. And you, you know, you you categorize that. I mean, you know, you you are that. Okay, I mean, you've oh, been man, doing I this a long it. time. So, and I can tell you, we really need guys like you doing that because there's so many people churning out so much music, mm-hmm. and they do this because record companies like they're barely what they do is is you could just do it in your house these days. Yeah. So there are so much music and so many bands. And so, it's nice to have guys like you pushing certain people in certain directions to, to listen to shit. So yeah. I mean, if right you, back if you, at you, man. If, thanks, you know, and, and like the rock show, the regular rock shows we do every week, you know, we talk about different band, different artists. It's really a, a it's a teaching session. Right, Rob? I mean, yeah, you know, definitely we, is. We, we, you know, I mean, sometimes I even learn stuff. Okay. Yeah. But like, but like, you know, when Rob came to me and he said, you know, you know a lot about music, and I was like, thank you. Would you want to do this podcast? And I, you know, I thought about it. I yeah. Said, yeah. You know, great. And and really, it's it's that you got You got it. There is so much music out there, but you got to kind of have some direction. Okay. Right. And and I I hope to you know try to bring that. And having you on a guy that a veteran guy. Okay, you've had your hands in a little bit of everything and you play with a lot of different people and, you know, you've written some great songs yourself. And uh, I'm just glad you came on. I really appreciate it, man. I appreciate you having me, guys. Thank you so much. Okay. And, and, uh, it was I'm great. Forward talking. To... Oh, sorry. Keep talking. No, you, you too, Rob. No, thank you. Both you guys. I really appreciate it. Okay. And uh, when you get back to New York, anytime you uh, want to stop in the international, we'll take care of you. I'd love that. I will. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Yeah, I'll have look a for you. few drinks. But uh, I definitely want to say thank you because all your stories and um, I want to hook you up with a bunch of links and see if you can get new people to listen to you, you know, and come oh, out we there will. and see the shows. I would love that. That would be killer, man. Thanks. Yeah. All right. Hell yeah. Okay. Thank you, Johnny. And you, uh, we'll, we'll be talking to you soon, Johnny Pisano. All right. You too, brother. All right. Take Talk care. to you later. Bye.